right, all right. I am super, super duper excited for this this episode. Yeah. Sitting across one of my nearest and dearest friends, someone that has inspired me, that's been a partner, a collaborator, uh, someone that I've leaned on. Uh, just a wonderful person. We're sitting here with Katie Gallagher. Oh my God, it's Katie Gallagher. Yes, it's her. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing not it. Even, not even over the Zoom. No, Let's, I know. I'm done with Zoom. I know. In the real. Zoom off. It, <laughs> yes. it, it's so much better in person. Oh, my not, God. not like sitting across some virtual screen. I mean, when you got to, well, that's the only option, sure. But yeah. uh, to, to be able to look you in the eyes, Katie, and, and just, uh, you know, connect. It's better than... Uh, Better than these uh, ginger lemon honey toddies that we're I don't know out. about that. <laughs> I mean, I think this is making us all better. It's right. pretty good, right? Yeah. Oh. But there's something magic about like shared space, being together. Uh, that it is. It's like it's 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 different, and it's important. I think we all know that. It's like a, not a, a grand revelation that being together in person is better. But like our digital world is so we become so used to just like seeing each other mediated through screens that it's like when you get to do this, you're like, God damn, this is awesome. Absolutely. And especially on my end, I've been listening to you for a long time. Oh, like, thank you. Live, living down in California, I don't get to see you. I don't just get to pop in and, you know, chat. Like we used talk to. Talk shit. Yeah. yeah. So this is really nice. And also I want to say like give respect to the digital world because it has helped I will speak for myself. It has helped me out so much mm. these past few years in a way that I can't even describe. So thanks. That's Sam. true. There's yes. a place. There's a place. That's There's right. Place. We need the ones and zeros for sure, right? Like the, beep, the, little, beep, yeah. beep, beep, the, the little AI mm-hmm. robots running around doing things, bringing podcasts to our ears and support to our screens and all of the things. But like when, when that becomes our way, I think we lose out on a lot, but yes, we couldn't, we couldn't do what we do without it. No, it's true. Well, before we kind of get into you, Katie, and, and, uh, I'm so excited just to like be in the same room and to catch up. And I think we could just like have a good old catch up (laughs) sesh for a couple hours and talk about all the things, but I want to just confess my, my love and appreciation (laughs) for you. You know, publicly on the on the podcast, and you know, I've said this to you before, but I want to just say it again. Like uh, when we both we started our businesses around the same time, and I really felt like uh, we were partners through it all. You know, any mm-hmm. anything that was hard, or anything that was a celebration, or any any chapter or or part of my history in business, uh, even in my like romantic life, meeting Megan and weddings and all that stuff like you're such a big part of all those things and and uh like i'm i just appreciate it and i'm grateful and and i i miss miss having you here selfishly um i feel the void of you not being here all the time but uh it makes it all the more special when we get to be together in person wow i'm sweating (laughs) that was really nice there you go could have written in a love letter but i thought i'd just (laughs) say it for everybody to hear (laughs) Oh, Zach, that means so much. Yeah. I mean, everything that you said mirrors, goes right back at you. Um, and there's just something, I just am recalling a really fun memory of when I used, or when I had started Tight Club and we were doing our early 
days workouts Fridays at noon with the Alibi Room crew. Yes. And we would always walk over, or this is at, we'd do the workouts at Andy Livingston Park. Yes. And then we would walk over because there's this new cool truck yeah. called the, the Juice Truck, and we would get our post workout smoothies. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It was like all the cool kids. Like, it was like different than like <laughs> the CrossFitters were like, who are these cool fit people? Like, mm-hmm. they got like, Swagger we weren't and, like, fit though. We were just and, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that more than fitness, anyway. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that was the time. Even like, even when we uh, we can be a little bit nostalgic before we get into mm. all the things. But like when we built our first juice truck location, like it was oh, like yeah. all drywall and dust and like probably mold and asbestos mm. and all sorts of. I mean, I don't know if it had all those things, but it wasn't like in the most clean place. And I was like. There's a lot of dust. There's a lot of dust. It's like, Katie, we got this like space. Can we do workouts here before we like get our building permit? Hard yes. And we ran some wild workouts like and we'd be so dusty and dirty. I would bring all of my nice new Lululemon mats, like <laughs> yeah. the mat, the fancy mat. And I would bring them and they would just be full of dust. Yeah. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. It was a very much a yes time yeah. for all of us. Yeah, we just did it. Yeah. We did it all. What does your tattoo say? If you will, I will? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's kind of how we did the past 10 years. Yeah. Like whether it was like the juice truck, the district, um, Culver City salads. Yeah, there was like a few of us from back in the day that were like, well, if you're in, I'm in. Yep. Yeah. And it felt really safe to be a business owner during yep. that time. Yeah. It's such a unique culture of like supporting one another, right? Oftentimes business and, and entrepreneurs are so like competitive and mm-hmm. wanting to do the best thing and have their own niche and their own thing. But th- that whole era was like such a collaborative thing, like showing up, I can remember like showing up at district and then there's like juice there or Culver City Salads are doing their doing mm-hmm. food. Or like you go to the juice truck and there's a collaboration with Boom, right? And like Jeff Amata and them. It's just like that was the kind of essence of it. Like let's let's is we're better together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a it was a good time and a unique time I think in the city for sure. It was a magical time. I think we we're all mm-hmm. just like trying to do our best, have fun, and support each other. And like bottom line, money, all those things. Like it was important, but it was like kind of secondary mm-hmm. to like the magic that was being created. Right. And that was before the buzzword community really yes. happened. Like community yeah. happened because we were all doing that. Yes. And th- I mean, none of us really, we were all just trying to have fun. Yeah. We had all chosen to take this path and we were absolutely making the most out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. All those days. It's a happy, oh. happy era in my uh in my um, in my memory bank. Yeah, I one of the first um, uh, podcasts I listened to of your guys's was was it Jackie from Bokoop Bakery? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And she was part of it, and I remember she spoke about like the good old days of like you could call it that chapter of entrepreneurs of Vancouver, mm-hmm. and that really stuck in my mind, and I'm feeling it happening in. Ventura which is where I live now which is a little beach town just north of LA and it's really interesting to be a participant rather than the creator Mm. and I'm seeing it from the other side now and I'm I actually we were talking about what's inspiring you I'm like nothing (laughs) 
It is really inspiring to see people fired up on what they do and the people they can bring together. And yeah. I'm seeing that start in Ventura. And That's it's cool. really cool. That's cool. So you're saying, you're like, I've seen this before. Uh-huh, yeah. And now you get to see it from the outside instead of having to hustle and do the work. You can kind of maybe... I can ride that wave. You can ride yeah. that wave. Ride that wave, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah, be part of the community, <laughs> not necessarily the creator of community, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, everyone. Just interrupting today's episode to share a bit about our sponsor. We are so happy to be partnering with AG1 because really taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last couple of years, we've been taking AG1 every day, no exception. It's simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And honestly, when I take it, it makes me feel energized, nourished, and ready to take on the day. And that's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. And honestly, that's why I love it. I like to drink AG1 first thing in the morning, which is recommended for optimal nutrient absorption. I fill up my shaker with some extra cold water and add one scoop of AG1. Shake it up and I'm ready to go. And even if I'm running short on time and can't mix up my AG1 before heading out, I'll grab one of the handy travel packs. Each is an individual serving of AG1 that's easy to mix on the go, helping ensure I get my daily nutrients no matter what. It makes it easy at home, at work. It's awesome, so good to have. Simple habit that's good and good for you. And we're so happy to have AG1 as a partner because we really believe in their product and know that it works. Honestly, if there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why we've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership over your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five of those free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash more good. That's drinkag1.com slash more good. Check it out. There we go. Well, I think uh, we'll forever have that time and those memories and that feeling of magic and we can, you know, hold on to that till we're, we're dear and old. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. For sure. There we go. Well, that's um I think one of the the things that I've I've always loved and been inspired by yourself is there's always been like chapters in your life and mm-hmm. like there's always like a distinct you know starting and kind of bookend to these these chapters and this evolution of of Katie Gallagher. <laughs> Maybe we can kind of go through um however this looks, we can go through some of those chapters. We we can start with whatever chapter you feel is where you want to start, we could start being an island girl. We can start with being like a a college athlete in the states. We can start with having a a trending YouTube channel riding razor scooters. Oh you know? <laughs> Did you find that? <laughs> I will. I will. I, no, I was so tipping up. kid. Yeah. <laughs> it was so sorry, good. Iris. <laughs> uh, so good. If you're listening, look it up on the YouTube's because uh, Katie had some moves on oh, the razor she did. scooter. Um. Well, wherever you want to start, and and we can, you know. Just give space for you to tell your story and, and go through the chapters and Dean and I will kind of jump in with questions as as uh, as you share cool. the, the story. Okay, so chapter one. I feel like it's fair to start chapter one as an island girl, as yep. the island girl era. Yeah. 
Um, because a lot of who I am now obviously came from her. Um, and it's also a time where I actually think I peaked. I think I was like the coolest version of myself in high school. Yeah. Like I, where do I, how do I start this? Um, maybe I'll start it with the story. Yeah. Let's start with the story. (laughs) Um, I went, so I was really into MTV um, and living on the island, I'm, you know, it's Canada. We don't have MTV, but my dad traded, he's really into trading what he does for things. So he, is, he was an orthodontist and he would trade orthodontics with the guy who had a like under the table uh, satellite TV <laughs> company. Yeah. So we got American satellite TV. Oh my gosh. So, so he could watch like MSNBC or People something. People don't know this anymore. Hey, the young, the yeah. young gen. Oh yeah. What's TV? Like I re- yeah. remember when yeah. it was the thing was like, yo, Jimmy's dad has illegal cable. Black uh-huh. box. Black, yeah. black box. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We so, cracked the, ba- the black box. Amazing. Okay. You've got my interest. Okay. So MTV era. Um, I was obsessed with MTV. I was so obsessed that at pony camp, because I loved riding horses, I would ride my pony ghosty home so I could watch TRL. <laughs> and, um, but that wasn't the story I brought up. I wanted, um, oh, I remember. Okay. There we go. So, we want, uh, we okay, want all this I'll, t- I'll tie this in. TRL Total Request Live, hosted by Carson Daly and Ananda Lewis. Um, I forget what era or what year this was. Maybe, oh, I was 11. So I was born in 1988. So that, uh, 2001. Okay. My math is bad. 2000? I don't even know. What'd you say? You're born in 88 and you're 11? So like 1999, right? Y2K. On the cusp of Y2K. Um. Limp Biscuit was on the Oof, charts. Yeah. Um, my first email address was limpbiscuitfan15 at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Christina Aguilera was getting dirty. Like it oh, was yeah. happening. Also, Will Smith, Miami yes. was like, was hitting. And so I was obsessed with like what, I was obsessed with pop culture so much. And that song Miami came out and that was the same year that I went to like the general meeting for the Comox Valley Cougars track and field club. And they were like, you know, track and field can really take you places. Like last year we went to Miami and I was like, Miami, Sign me up. I, I know about Miami. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. I'm going to join track because I want to go to Miami. Come on. That was it. That was it. That was the moment. Unbelievable. Yeah. Where they dance on the beach till the break of dawn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, fast forward a couple years. I um, was really, my favorite subject was sex ed and career and personal planning and PE. And I was just into everything. I was a happy person. I played all the sports I was on drama I was in the yearbook club like I was on student government like I fully was the most open happy cool era of my life I I mean I look back at that time I'm like I need her back in Mm. my life 
Um, but I lost track of it again. You'll come back. Oh, I remember. It was a career and personal planning class. And I was writing out the assignment was write a letter to your mom, pretending that you're age 30 and like tell her what you're doing in your life. And I was like, okay, mom, I'm living in California. I am a dentist and I coach track at Stanford. Amazing. I, um, I surf and I'm dating a professional surfer and he drives a big truck. And I really just basically described the, in chapter one, what chapter seven is That's like wild. literally is. Wow. And I know that Katie Riddell is like the master of manifestation. So Katie, listen up. I, <laughs> I did, I did a manifestation once and it kind of worked because fast forward, I am living in California. I am married to a professional snowboarder. We love surfing. I'm not a dentist. <laughs> Actually unemployed. I have no job. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you brush your teeth. I brush my teeth. Um, and uh, very close. Yeah, and uh, and the whole coaching track thing could be seen as like, you know, coaching fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That was like a little foreshadowing of what maybe what was to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I ran track really competitively and that was my dream. I wanted to go to the Olympics. I was a jumper. So triple jump was your thing, right? Triple jump. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do like four by 100 or 100 or hurdles or any other things or was it just like triple jump? No, I did it all. I did the heptathlon, um, which was high jump, long jump. 200, 800 shot put, okay. javelin, Oof. and the 800. Wow. No, 100 meter hurdles. Yeah. There you go. Um, so I kind of did it all. And I always had the natural, like, coach, coach's bone in me. So in grade 12, I coached our high school track team. Um, our high school track coach kind of, like, quit and left us to our own devices. So I coached us and I would write the workouts and I had this friend who was much older than me. Um, He was just a friend, uh, but he worked in refrigeration and he would service a lot of the illegal grow ups on Vancouver Island. And he was my very first client and we were called Fit from the Five O, and I would like we'd go running, and I'd make him run stairs, and it was really like to be fit from you know to run away, I guess <laughs> that was like the that was like how it all it kind of started, yeah. yeah I love premise. it. <laughs> so that's chapter one. Yeah, I feel like there's like a different culture on Vancouver Island than uh, like uh, the mainland as well. Like uh, kids were like a little bit more punk rock, like a little bit yeah. more indie or like you know thrifted a little bit more like there's like more of a style yeah to like island culture well a little more edgy yeah yeah i wonder if that has something to do with like the mountain and the fact that we were all everyone on the island did something yeah like that could be part of it like we all snowboarded or skied or mountain biked 
and there's definitely a punk scene and like a rave scene yeah and i know that we have a lot of friends in common in that world yeah bird goat, bird, mm-hmm. bird goat. shout out to bird goat yeah bird goat. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sweating again uh, i'll send this job oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny We'll have some insiders on this that uh, people won't understand, mm-hmm. but uh, Bird Goat will get this. Yes. So that's all that matters. Shout out. Okay, so chapter one, Island Life. Island Life. Okay. Um, yeah, also cut, um, I had a really bad haircut. I cut really short bangs. Okay. And then I went straight into chapter two, which is University of Oregon. Yes. Okay. And I had no idea that U of O was this like cool place to be if you want to be a track star. Yeah, that was like the place. Yeah. 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 This dum dum had no idea. <laughs> so you got you got uh, a track. You're on the track team, yeah. University of Oregon. All right. Yeah. Let's get into chapter two: college life, or Oregon, Oregon Trail. <laughs> right. We're on the Oregon Trail. Yeah, we're on the Oregon Trail. I was always like, I mean, I was obsessed with Miami, whatever that meant. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna go to University of Hawaii because I want to get a cool tan, and and run track and that seems like a nice life like I always saw track as a way to and like going away for university as like my ticket off the island right I was really excited to leave um and so I didn't understand that in university like you kind of have to pick what you want to (laughs) be and I was like but I want to be a physiotherapist and work in sports marketing So, oh, and work in hospitality. Like, I just wanted to do it all. I was, like, still living my, I can do everything. I believe in myself. It was, I was a very empowered person. And then I go to University of Oregon, and all my dreams got squashed there. It's, like, the big leagues. And because I was a multi-eventer, it meant that I had to train with like the best 400 meter runners in this, in, in not in the city, in the country. country. Um, and it was a real dose of little fish, big sea. Mm-hmm. And the culture was, I want to say it's not for me to be fair and give it uh its own respect but it also became like the juices for why I started tight club and it was the first time because it was the first time in my life when I realized that like exercise and movement um in this program is fear-based and it was the first time I've ever really like was told that I was too big to be a jumper and when our coaches were mad they would Uh, punish us with like crazy workouts and it would just became this like anxiety ridden cycle of of you know evolving into eventually quitting because it just it the culture wasn't for me um and it completely ruined my relationship with movement Mm. um and and yeah it was also like a total like ego kick in the butt I was no longer the best person on the track team and I I think it's important to admit that yes I was depressed and got injured and hated everything about it but also it was because I sucked too 
Well, I, I mean, I think that's like the case for a lot of people. We excel in high school sports or something, and then we get an opportunity to play in a with a with a bigger group that you know attracts different talents, and yeah, and you're not the same, you know, shiny superstar that you might have been in Island Girl, Island mm-hmm. Island Girl, yeah. Um, and it sounds like you know something that was so joyful and and full of of you know exploration and curiosity and fun became very like intense and like yeah had to do it versus like Dean talks about this a lot like uh, what do you say Dean had to do it versus oh yeah like if something changes usually like in the inverse you say like when we start a journey of fitness at least it was for me I was like okay this is something that I like I have to do I don't want to do it but I like I know that I have to go do it and then over time it becomes like something that I really have to do mm-hmm. because without it I don't feel right I don't feel myself it right. grounds you and gives you something and there's a subtle shift that happens over time whether it's just like the discipline of showing up and realizing when you are passionate about something and you do it it's no longer like a begrudgingly i have to it's like oh man i have to get this in yeah yeah and then when someone changes that or that is lost then that's really hard it's hard because at some point along that way it becomes part of your identity yeah no doubt and when it's not feeding you anymore And it's been a while because you probably, you know, you go through living like this for a while, you realize that you need to make a change and you need to move on. And I'll talk about this later, but that moment when you know you need to pull the plug, maybe you have pulled the plug, but there's nothing for you to step forward on. Like it's really like a scary, dark place. Mm. And, and I'm there right now. Yeah. I'm like in that place that I felt when I was 22 when I quit track. And I felt like this when I, yeah, 22 and now I'm 35. Yeah. And it's a very weird and scary place to be in. Yeah. And it's, I'm sure it's, it's like, I'm, I'm projecting, but I'm just thinking like, in university you get to choose your courses and you're doing your thing but it's like very structured you sign up for what you want and the office of the registrar is like here's your timetable like here's what classes you're taking and when you're taking them and you show up and the instructors tell you here's the books you need to read and here's the assignments you need to do and the papers you need to write and of course there's choice and autonomy like within that but then even in training it's like okay show up this is when practices this is the exercise this is the work you're running this is the Mm -hmm. workout we're doing there's so much structure built in. And then when we step away from that, it can be disorienting to be like, wait, now there's nobody telling me what to run, when to show up, what class. Like, it's just, I have this time and space and what do I do? And the hardest part is that what fueled all of those things you got to do was that was a, a central passion or purpose. Right. You know, graduation is the purpose we're working towards that or with track and field you're working towards a new personal best or to make a team or something like that and when that's gone that's really hard Mm -hmm. because what's your motivation then right exactly what am i what am i working towards what am i why why am i doing this why am i waking up in the morning yeah Yeah. it's it's, uh so when when i decided to quit track but i still had a couple years left of school i 
hung out with a lot of artists, a lot of creative people. And I felt like I was such a loser because I had nothing. I wasn't anything. I felt like I wasn't anything anymore. Mm. I am a retired, washed up, broken athlete. Mm. Um, and so I held that and I, I held that identity for a while or yeah, I held the identity of I am nothing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I got really good at partying and then I finished school and I moved to Vancouver chapter three. Let's go. All right. Chapter three. I'm excited for chapter three. This is a page turner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so chapter three, quick review. I am 23. Yep. Uh, I have been working as a student ambassador. I was doing fetish videos. Fully clothed. Yep. And those were my two jobs. Okay, maybe I'm not done chapter two yet. Okay. I actually have a really funny story. Let's hear, let's hear okay. about it. I want to hear about all the things. Okay. I didn't know about the fetish videos. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. yeah. Yeah. This is maybe something that people don't know about me. There we go. Um, and it, I'll just say it, it's not that X-rated. Okay. I promise. <laughs> okay. I know this is a family-friendly That's podcast. okay if it's X-rated, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not too bad. Um, yeah, I no longer had a, a sports scholarship. Yeah. So um, I was working a lot. School's expensive. School's expensive, and I already had the drive to work hard. So I was... Um, a dishwasher at Food for Thought Cafe in the basement of the Student Union Building on the PSU campus. I was a student ambassador, so I gave campus tours, and I wore a blue blazer, a green tie, and khakis. (laughs) And I had a a green umbrella. Bless. And I also, um, at the time, there was a Vice story that maybe you remember but this was a long time ago this is in like 2008 or 9 okay um it was featuring a woman who sold her um her toenails <laughs> i don't remember that one but i have i've like vice always had like yeah before yeah. Things this like is like kind you know? of like us like the start and she lived in Portland. Okay. And she was friends of a friend. Oh, wow. And so like, they started making... There's a way. Yeah, there's a way. And um, and they started making... They had a platform. And they started making videos. And, and it was really just like... It was really niche fetish stuff. Like, like talking shit. Yeah. Like, oh, you... Am I going to do it right yeah, now? Go, go for it. Go <laughs> for it. Go uh, for it. Just talk first, some shit. First one's free. First okay, one's first one's free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> shit talk us, Katie. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't even know if I can do this anymore. Um, okay. They would be like, okay, here's an object. Just make something up. And I feel like I really stepped into my improv days and yeah. I freaking loved it. Yeah. I made 50 bucks an hour, which was a lot now and it was a lot back then um but it'd be like oh you you think you can get me who who do you even think you are you're a piece of shit i would never even look at you stink ugh you're disgusting you know, just stuff like that wow 
Here's fifty dollars. <laughs> Get out of here! You're such a loser. Oh my god! Here's wow. another fifty. So uh, I, I got pretty good at that. Yeah. So would, I really people, liked it. would people be calling on the phone, or would this like be pre-recorded? Pre-recorded. And, and so it'd just be like general shit talk, and people would buy it. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Yeah. That like was it. the segment, or at least what I filmed. Amazing. And and it got like, it got, I think it did well because. Um, one time we got a makeup artist Okay. <laughs> and they, like we could, or they could afford a, a good makeup artist. And, uh, so I got my makeup done and it was a really fun shoot. We did some weird stuff and, but then I had to leave early because I had to go, uh, give a campus tour <laughs> with your khakis with, and your green umbrella. With, yes. But with like crazy makeup. <laughs> Did on. you ever blur the two? Like start sh- talking shit to the, uh, the Oh my the God. Tour? That'd be awesome. Johnny. <laughs> maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much. And maybe that's why they enjoyed my classes or my, um, my campus tours. Yeah. But the campus tours were fun because I'd always make a friend. Like I'd basically become adopted by a family every <laughs> tour I did and then I'd get free dinner nice that's awesome <laughs> I'd like invite them over to my apartment <laughs> come over so I can talk shit to you <laughs> okay now um that's it that's, okay that's uh okay chapter two chapter two okay bookend so we talked some talked some shit talked some- <laughs> gave some tours we had a green umbrella and then okay so transitioning from that what mm. uh, what was your precedence to move to Vancouver? Um, well, it just seemed like the mm. smartest, easiest thing to do. My sister lived in Vancouver. My yep. parents are on the island, and I had this degree. I yep. studied marketing and advertising. I didn't study physiotherapy. I did, in the end, have to pick. Um, but I was really inspired by social media. This is like, I took the very first how to build a Squarespace course in university. Like we were like the, that was, yeah, the first build your own website course for dummies, you know? So I was excited about that. And I remember one of the first, uh, the assignment that I had to, or the project was like, pick something you're obsessed with and make a, a website for it. And I still to this day, like I'm not obsessed with anything, no object, nothing really gets me going except for Virgin River currently. <laughs> Shout out. <sighs> um, but I remember, and this I think is also a, a foreshadow. Is okay. that yep, right? We're foreshadow. Foreshadow. I was like, I don't know, but I love my neighborhood. Mm. And I just made a, a neighborhood community website for Chinatown when I lived in Portland. And and I just, I loved everything about this project. And it was really just about showcasing a community mm-hmm. and a place that I lived and, and um, like building a melting pot so that I could share this with others. Obviously, that's what a website was for and that's what the project was for. But... Um, when I moved to Vancouver from Portland, I got a job at a, uh, my first job was at this tech startup called Strata. And I met Sonia, um, Woodlot Sonia. Yes. And and I was exposed to all these extremely motivated, um, inspired people. And 
and Jody Day. I don't know if you remember Jody. Mm-hmm. That's where I met Christina Culver. Christina was like bringing um, her Culver City salads to the office, like before the truck days. Okay. Um, Jody brought Ali Maz to the office to teach office yoga. That's how I met Ali. Yeah. Like this. All, this, all the dots. Yeah. All the dots are starting to form now. Um, and but sitting on a computer wasn't really like it wasn't doing it for me. Um, so I had also also one job wasn't doing it for me either. So I uh, also worked at Alibi Room. Yes, which was like the best, coolest place to go get beers. And it was the spot. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Amazing building, like cool staff, great menu. Yeah, and Nigel Springthorpe. Like I think about him when I was, you know, still running my business. I think about him to this day of how, like, how would Nigel do this? And he was such a great inspiration for how to lead a team with integrity and care, and and also be really scary too sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I watched I watched his boxing. He, he threw down. Oh, super scary. Yeah, and just like have so much respect for the person that you're working with. Yeah. So. Um, so working at Alibi Room was is actually like a really big piece to my story because I was, I got to be, you know, I still had this like, I'm an ex-broken athlete, but I'm surrounding myself with extremely interesting creative people who are curious and kind and are like, might have just bought their first pair of like running shoes mm. because that was when like the Nike Roche came out and Nike Freeze and those were like shoes that you could wear casually, right? I remember that. I was like so oh, yeah. excited. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, my back's not going to hurt all the time. Totally. And so they've got their, their halfway, their feet are in running shoes and they're starting to get a bit curious about like movement but the gym wasn't, that wasn't a thing yet. People went to, is it Cadence? The yep. OG Cadence. Yeah. The spin, spin, studio spin Studio and Condi. And yep. those were our two, aside from the community center. Like Steve Nash Fitness or yeah. like any of those spots. Yes. Yeah. And great. those spots were awesome, but it, they weren't for everyone. Mm-hmm. And this amazing group of people that I got to work with saw me as an opportunity to help bridge that gap between themselves and like living more actively and so on Fridays at noon we would join or we'd meet up at any Livingston Park and we became the tight club love it and and I remember um Andrew Beatty who we call Beat Beat Dog um he's like so what do I wear (laughs) and I was like just, you know, like shorts, running <coughs> shoes, and a sweater. And he shows up at Andy Livingston Park um, in a knitted sweater. He's like, <laughs> you told me to, to wear a sweater. <laughs> that, ah, that's amazing. This like defines everything in a yeah, way that. Yeah, it was so good. And that was the era. That was the time. Yeah. yeah. And I remember sitting down. Um, I was living in the Beaconsfield apartments, which I think Christina still lives yeah, she upstairs. Still lives She's still up there. Um, Oli, as Oliman. Yep. Yep. 
Um, and I remember sitting down and writing my first workout. Like, what are we going to do today? Uh. And I, it felt so natural. It felt was like the first time I had experienced flow state since competing as an athlete or training Mm. as an athlete. It was fun. And I had this moment where I'm like, this is my art. I'd been so obsessed with my friends who are artists and creatives and I felt like such an idiot because I didn't do anything but that this was my this was my art and I've always seen or considered programming an art um, and the experience that it brings and so that was the start of me finding myself and unfolding a beautiful chapter ahead, mm. which was career chapter. Yeah, chapter, yeah. were we chapter four? Four. Kind of chapter four. Chapter four. And just to like maybe set the table for chapter four, you'll get into it. But for what you created, it like for p- what people know for fitness now, like this didn't exist back then. Like we kind of said, yeah. there's the Steve Nash fitness, there's Condi, there's Cadence that were like kind of doing their own thing a little bit differently. But there was no like, approachable gateway cool Mm -hmm. like like you said it was an art it was a creative expression it was like Mm -hmm. an outlet of your identity in so many ways and Mm -hmm. I think it pioneered what studios look like here in Vancouver but like globally I feel like people came to tight club to see what you were doing and it like blossomed into so many flowers like in Vancouver and around the world like you know, we talk oh. about small giants, but, uh, yeah. you know, I think what you, your creative expression, your outlet of, of movement really changed fitness in, in North America. And I don't want to like say that lightly because I feel like you pioneered something that mm-hmm. we all know to be true and understand in fitness studios now, but it didn't exist when you began. So I just want to like set the chapter oh. with that so people know kind of the the weight of uh of what you did well honestly i think what made it so relatable for so many people was that fitness and the gym and working out was like for the jocks yes Mm. of that time and there there was no representation of aside from like being a sporty person like training sport training and sports kind of went hand in hand or bodybuilding there was no such thing as like movement or i'm speaking from my own experience maybe people were talking about this before but for me movement for mental health was like huh Mm -hmm. what does that mean yeah it wasn't a conversation no and and like movement for everybody like you're saying like it was totally like former athletes athletes bodybuilders yeah that's who went to the gym yeah there was no studios no there were no like tattoo people that were like working at alibi room (laughs) lifting dumbbells yeah before work you know Mm -hmm. yeah and i do want to say that like around the same time um what was it called the it was the boxing um all city well, oh, no, uh, bef- the before All City, it was the the restaurant Rumble. Re- restaurant the restaurant Rumble, Rumble oh, yeah, 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 was yeah. kind of happening. And that was like a huge, like, uh, that was a very accessible 
um, piece to this puzzle as well. And yeah. I think also helped push, there was yeah. momentum behind yeah. it. Yeah. All these people working in restaurants were like, oh, I can learn to be a boxer. Or totally. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a big time. That was, sure. that was cool. Wait, you did it. No, I didn't do it. But we you always had, we always had juice track people in it. Lauren right. did it. Yes. And we like had a lot of juice trackers that went to, hmm. to battle. That's right. Yeah. Zach's, Zach's a lover, not yeah, a fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved watching it. I know, it's and funny. I liked to. I did train with him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I never put my name in the ring. Mm. No, I thought that I would. I I went in cocky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, I'm an athlete. I can do this. And I went to like two practices and like played around with sparring, and I got clocked in the face so hard by I forget her name, but she owns. Ernest ice cream. Oh, Erica. Erica clocked me <laughs> so hard. And I was like, oh, I don't think this is for me. That's so I really funny. did not enjoy that. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just like laughing in my head to all these like shout outs because I'm going to send the podcast to all these people. I love it. I was just texting Erica yesterday. <sighs> Tell her. Like, Erica, we missed you. I'm still so afraid. Of her. Yeah. <laughs> she ended up fighting Lauren. She did. She just tried. Yeah. Who won? Lauren won, but it was a battle. It was mm-hmm. a. It's on YouTube. It was unbelievable. Like, Amazing. The atmosphere was like, I felt like we were watching Rocky or something. Like oh they were just God. like going blow for blow, and like people were cheering. It was like one of those chilling memories. Yo, that's awesome. It's insane. You must have been so proud. I was like so nervous. Oh my gosh! Like as someone that always played sports, like. Yeah. Watching someone that you care about is way harder than being in the ring mm. yourself, I think. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever think about what your um, fighting song or like what the song would be like entering the <laughs> ring? Uh, I don't know. Do you have an answer? Yeah. What's yours? Well. Oh, I know what mine would be. <laughs> I, um, I hope this makes somebody laugh, but yeah. like, um, oh my gosh. It's blanking. I'll give you just a second while I... Uh, mine, mine would be Star Rider, dude. Yes. <laughs> Alice. Alice is like the Scandinavian like prog rock band. Oh. They have dope, they have dope, their songs are dope. It's so, so funny. Good. Is it like scary? Wanna, no, it's like more put, like... Put, uh, put it on for half a yeah. second. <laughs> oh, I re- so also... Funny it's like it, kind of like a fantastical, like... Uh, like uh, oh, it's great. Like goth rock fantasy yeah. song. Cool. <laughs> the... the Mine would be, uh, in case you need a second to think too, just because I listen to it when I when I lift and it gets me so fired up. Is uh, remember MOP and they've got that song Annie Up. Yes, Annie Up. I just feel like it's like so badass. Every time I'm gonna lift heavy, I like put that on. It's like turn You're it like, all spoke. the way up. Yeah, See that? that boom. That's like there we go. This is this is Hollis Star Rider. This makes me so happy because I think mine kind of goes hand in hand with this. Okay, what's yours? What's you yours? can call me Al. I love it. That I would be mine. It. Okay, so well, good. we'll have to meet in the ring sometime and we can just hug it out or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> just, yeah. We just dance. Yeah, we can in the just ring. dance. Dance party. To <laughs> Al and Star Rider <laughs> and Annie Up. Annie Up was such a snowboarding song back then. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's where I think I first heard it. Like the Wildcats, the, Wild like the, the crew that wrote, wrote on Seymour. Yeah, yeah. Devin Walsh and those guys. It's so funny. I was actually so funny. We were away with um, the Publicos, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Oh my God, the Walshes are here!" Like, wh- what a funny coincidence. And because the, they're like neighbors, right? 
And then I'm like, oh, cool. Not thinking about it. And like 20 minutes later, this guy walks by. I was like, yo, that's David Walsh. And they're like, yeah, the Walshes are here. And I was like, but you know them? Because I was like, he was like my hero. You just like watch all those and videos. And then I had you know? like that awkward moment of being like, yo, so I totally idolized you. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> it was so awesome. Okay, I feel. Mm-hmm. This is me. This is the walk in. Hey. <laughs> Wait, this one. Yeah, can you see it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they think I'm all oh, yeah. nice. Paul Simon, Straight. and then yeah. bam, punched huh? in the face. Yeah. I mean, I'm out. Knocked <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put some ice cream on that. Yeah. Yo, okay, okay. So I have a question, okay. though. I have yeah. a question. Walk, out, walk outside the side songs aside so you talk about like this this moment this flow state moment where you are creating programming for people knowing okay people are turning up to the park in <laughs> like cable and sweaters yeah. and car- <laughs> or, you know, cargo shorts or whatever but like they so they're turning up these are maybe not your typical if we can say like air quotes fitness people yeah. but people who are coming to like experience this and you're thinking of them and you're creating this programming and it's unlocked something in you where you're like yo I love making this is there a part of you do you think that was like uh, maybe this is like a rebellion or a reaction against you had said when you were ha- running track and your coaches were mad they would do some like fucking intense workout to like punish you and fitness was used as a tool of like you're gonna suffer because of whatever so here we go rather than like it being freeing and empowering and wow look how strong you are look at what you did mm-hmm. you did burpees for the first time in your life and like good for you and you might feel it tomorrow but that's awesome mm-hmm. was there a part of you that was intentional or maybe unintentional in creating programming for people who maybe didn't have that experience of like the, the brutal coach it i mean whether or not you had a brutal coach or you I think that everyone has an awkward moment when it comes to movement, whether it's not knowing what to do when you walk into us into the gym, um, feeling stupid to try something new, not being good at a sport or something. I think we all had this collective um, experience that brought us to this place, and it was absolutely intentional. Like I. I wanted to change the language. Yeah. Like I, like for a long time, I would do these like weird, funny themed workouts that I would never even say push-ups. I'd call them like zombie walks or something. Like everything had a different association to really try to separate from what was the gym Mm. back in the day. Like I wanted to create an entirely new experience one that was fun mm-hmm. and like weird and funny. Like I didn't take it too seriously. I took what I did take seriously was experience. Right. And that kind of followed over when I ended up, which I never thought I would do, but open a real brick and mortar studio. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, the idea of creating a safe space for people to move their body obviously evolved over time. Um, and that became kind of a trendy thing in, in fitness culture, I guess. And it's like, we're, we're kind of in it right now, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Mm -hmm. There is a place for everyone now. It's everywhere. Yeah. And, um, and, but yes, to answer your question, super intentional. Yeah. Um, and it really came out of experience 
my own experience hating movement. Yeah. I wanted to fix, I wanted to help myself too. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, and I think so many people like, uh, if they don't pursue something athletic after high school or even in high school, if they're like, oh, I'm not interested in playing volleyball or basketball or track or whatever, our experience is often PE class, mm-hmm. which, you know, no shade to PE teachers, but can sometimes be an underwhelming experience of movement, right? Mm-hmm. It can be like forced participation in games where you are playing with kids who are maybe way bigger, way more competitive. They play sports outside of school and you're like, I don't really know if I want to play yeah. Cosm hockey or <laughs> volleyball in PE. And so the experience with movement that people might be exposed to is like, oh, well, it's not really for me. Yeah. And then to create a space where like people who thought that could find a place that, like, yo, this really is for me is amazing. And I think like to echo Zach, like it was one of the first, I think, spaces we got to see where that was really authentically preached and practiced, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it's not like we, I, something I used to say when in the early days with my clients and one of probably the only things I learned in my uh, ACE certification that I remember now is mm. that like there is no one right way to move. Yeah. Um, so having like understanding that and really believing that um, it was hard to lean in or live into that because we were still, we still were working out. Like we we're still like, um, we're in a space. What are we going to do? We're not going to play field hockey in a little fitness studio, but the spirit of what we were doing on the field, um, became a signature class called the club. And every Friday, um, we would, it would be like some random ass themed workout where I got to play again and I got to, we, we just create games Mm -hmm. with our bodies and movement and it became so much fun and play. And that was like, again, talking about peaking, that was like creative peaking. Mm. I'll look back on some of those workouts. I remember there's a, a person who would come to tight club who was obsessed with game shows and they ended up being on jeopardy. And so I did my research and I created a game show themed workout <laughs> with a game show themed playlist. And it was just fun and messy and it approachable. I hope. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, it was the best to walk into tight club on a Friday. Like it was such, there was <laughs> mayhem, <laughs> so much energy there. Like mm-hmm. everyone was stoked. They worked hard at work or, or whatever. They got there, you know, like mm-hmm. this was this was like their treat where they got to be themselves, where they got to feel themselves, where they got to connect with strangers that became family. Like there was such like an icebreaker mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you did your check ins, but there was you created a atmosphere where not only your other instructors, but everybody that worked out welcomed everybody to tight club you yeah. could be your first time there and by the end like you know you were making plans to like go somewhere with this new family like it was the most welcoming inclusive fun silly creative space like mm-hmm. it was a creative studio in that sense yeah. you know like so many things were born there and even like your instructors like i often will think of like um like Shambar and Cafe Medina kind of like created a culture for restaurants in Vancouver. Like mm-hmm. so many 
restaurateurs came from working at those two places. Like the whole fitness scene kind of was born in tight club. Like all of your former instructors are now like kind of make up the tapestry of Vancouver fitness now. You totally. Know? And they're killing it too. Yes. It's really, really cool to see, um, you know, Andrea flourish, Ollie yeah. flourish. Like they're so brave. Mm-hmm. I don't know how anyone can do it now. But that will come. That's that chapter will come. That chapter will come. Mm-hmm. And and one other thing that you did, I mean, the community events, like we did some fun collabs together, like oh sports my day gosh. and stuff. Sports day, the yeah. the most fun day of the year. But my favorite one, I love sports day, was good try. Good I just try. Loved oh, yeah. the idea. So brilliant. You know, tell us about good try. Well, good try, um, kind of came from like we had a run club for a while yeah. we had a cycle club for yes. a while which tight was bike. tight yeah, bike that kind of got me into cycling and then I was like obsessed with cycling for a long time it was really like I realized that tight club was a lily pad yeah. and mm. whether it was like a, for fitness like people would start and then they'd end up going to CrossFit or you know it I knew tight club was never going to be the one place for everyone forever and I realized that, actually, I'm not going to, that's not the route I'm going to take <laughs> explaining. <laughs> take whatever try. route you want. Okay. <laughs> a lot of us, yeah. a lot of the members at Tight Club, you know, ha- Tight Club was their first inception into movement mm-hmm. since maybe high school or sports. And there was this obsession with it. Like you know, people will go like six days a week. Yeah. And our idea or like um, our motto, our reason for like part of it is to also be training for life. That the gym isn't life. The gym is where we get to practice life mm. in a really safe way. We get to challenge ourselves in a safe environment. But it's not all about that. Like, let's try to build some skills and stamina and strength for the things we like to do outside. And so Good Try started as a way to expose our members to, like, sports and activities in Vancouver in an accessible way. So our very first one, Kelsey Boyer did this with me. Um, She was, this was kind of her project. Um, And we we did everything from... um, snowshoeing up grass mountain we also went tubing mm-hmm. up seymour <laughs> we played we worked with um, melissa tencredi and she did a uh, like a soccer clinic elan did hockey for us like it was we were so well connected in yeah. this beautiful community that we got to work with athlete athletes and use our our city as if it was a playground mm-hmm. and being able to expose people to activities outside of the city was like my favorite part of kind of the last chapter of tight club mm. doing things. Yeah. And and getting people like outside of what was normal or like to the edge of what's comfortable, trying something new that like someone might be like, oh, I really want to try curling or hockey or snowshoeing or whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm never going to go on my own. But then yeah. when there's a group of people who are all also maybe trying it for the first time, it's like, well, if I'm not good at it, probably someone else also will be good at it. And we're going to try it all together. So it like creates that safe environment to like mm-hmm. explore and let curiosity kind of get the better of you and go do something that you would normally be like, mm, now nah, pass. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so like, I miss it. 
I really miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Like for cycling, I found the cycling community pretty intimidating. Like they all wore tight clothes and moved fast and seemed to know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kat got me to come to one of the tight ones and I was like, oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. like we're not going that fast and uh, we're all chatting and this is super fun. And, you know, it's, uh, I think for everybody, whether it was cycling or running or just moving their body, like it was such an inception point of like possibility. And mm-hmm. you know what really did it for me like what made me so proud of it was that everyone all of the run leaders and the bike leaders were all just members of the community that I that like carried their own sense of ownership and leadership and they got to really own something it was it was something that wasn't me like I didn't lead it and I got to participate in it and to see you know Kat build this amazing community for um, tight bike and like mm-hmm. Kevin who Kevin was someone I met at the alibi room <laughs> yeah and like we talked about AeroPress coffee and like <laughs> you know he started coming to run club the run club and then eventually like kind of owned it and led it and it was just so beautiful to see people find themselves in a sport and then find leadership within it mm. I just love that give these opportunities yeah Okay, so you built this amazing, the field house, you Mm -hmm. know, created a community that was beyond, you know, time or space in a lot of ways. Um, Is there anything you want to include in that chapter before we get to the next one? Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's so many things. Uh, Yeah. Each each chapter could be a a podcast. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, even when you drop swag, I feel like that would be like the biggest thing, you know, I'd be like, oh, I need to go get the loot. It was so good. The Tight Club merch was so sick. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And I still wear it. And whenever I wear it, I get like, you know, so many like looks or shout outs like, yo, Tight Club. Yeah. That makes me... How come? What? What's up with me? Whenever I feel good, I sweat. <laughs> I'm sweating again. That was good. That's me. I'm, I'm perpetually sweating. Yeah. I can't tell. Jesus, sweaty Yeah. It's a medical life. condition. Okay. Hyperhidrosis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sweat life. Sweat life. <laughs> but yeah, the swag. I mean, I think you were one of the first ones to do merch in that way, where it was like, you know, we were a part of Tight Club, but we wanted to be a part of it all the time. You know, we wanted to rep it. We wanted to like want to let it be known that we are part of the tight club community Mm -hmm. you know I look back on that time of my life and and I and I'm actually able to see like wow it it was it was this amazing special community but it was also a brand yeah and I remember like one of the first times I met Nick Lowe and he was like you are building a brand and I'm like I don't really understand what you mean by that everything that we did was like based out of whether it's necessity or like, Oh, that sounds like a cool project. It was never like in order to increase our profits. I know like all these business words. Mm. I did go to business school, but it, eh. it's funny. That's when things work the most, you know, when I you're know. just like working from your heart and yeah. from like what felt good is like all the collaborations. Yeah. Like you, we, we talked about collaborations earlier. Yeah. And it was the collaborations that really brought so much purpose to what we did. Because it was just, again, another opportunity to work with your friends mm-hmm. yeah. and do creative things. Ugh. This is the best part. And I think like what was cool too, like 
I think before your time, businesses before like our era of business, like people were pretty competitive. Like mm-hmm. it was, you didn't collaborate with your competition. But mm-hmm. like, okay, soon after your time, soon after you launched, um, like uh, the district launched their mm-hmm. their physical studio in North End, and yeah. like you know, could, you guys had similar ideologies and how in, in in a lot of ways, and it could have been competition. Instead, you were teaching there. Yeah. We became best friends. Yes. Like the studios were like lovers. We yeah. loved each other. Yeah. And and like so much respect. You know, Jeanne and Ali Maz paved the way. They opened before I did. And I just learned so much from them. They were so generous with men like not official mentorship, but like mm-hmm. they were just such amazing people to be around and to absorb the realities too yeah like i remember standing in the lobby remember the wall with all the flags of like the different whether it was like the brands they worked with but i remember i still have my tight club flag <laughs> um but i remember being like oh yeah you know i'll be teaching like mm, five or six classes a day and it'll be fine like i'm used to like nine or ten and i remember ali and gian were like <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. That's it's wild, hey? Yeah. How much you guys would teach and train and like. Something that I will never forget was talking to you and you used the analogy of working in the truck oh, or yeah. on the truck rather than in the truck They're like we got to get off the truck yeah we got to get off the truck yeah we got to work in the, uh, no working in the truck meant making smoothies yeah working on the truck meant you're not in the truck making mm-hmm. smoothies. yeah working on the business. like how do we how do we like get uh, off the truck yeah i would say that to myself all the time yeah we gotta enable people and it all seemed impossible for us at the time but mm-hmm. uh that was the cool thing. We got to all work together when things were hard or fun or all those things. It was like, yo, Katie, like, how did you do that thing that you did? Or mm-hmm. like, this seems hard. What do you think? What are your ideas? Yeah. Working on the truck. Working on the Remember truck. Gian still says that too. We, 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 yeah, we'd meet up at Whole Foods. It'd be like me, Katie, Gian, Ellie Maz, and Colvert. And we'd just like... And you'd bring Sheila Jeet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sheila Jeet. Uh, We're still on that. Still on the Sheila Jeet. Awesome. I took some today. Did yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> this time from Man of Vitality. But yeah, I would bring, I'd show up with this little jar. The, and the, like, uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> not the like, black tar. Yeah, the, the black tar. tar. Yeah. Every They're day. Like, Yo, everybody, we got to have some Sheila Jeet before we, uh, before yeah, we chat awesome. shop. Yeah, it's awesome. Still on that Shilaji wagon. Yeah. Gian would say, too legit or something. Okay, so Tight Club created this incredible community, gave people permission to move. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, for a lot of people, it brought out a version of themselves that they didn't know po- was possible and like really changed. I mean, I can think of a dozen people off the top of my head that it like changed their lives, how they move what they think they can do help them find their voice help them find their voice so you've got this kind of humming business this brand as nick Lowe would say mm-hmm. you're kind of on top of the the food chain uh and then uh covid happens yeah covid happens um like it happened to us all mm. i at the time um was living in my odyssey. Yeah. 
it I it was my single days. Okay. Um I had a big breakup. Yep. And I was exploring Katie Gallagher as a single lady. There we go. Oh, yeah. Um, I, th- Jill, Jilly Bean, yep. Jill Danborg and I were like trying to start a pleasure business. I remember chatting with you about, you yeah. had some good ideas too. Dude, we're, we're on fire. We were going to recreate or like re, we wanted to disrupt the sex toy industry and how you buy it and how you, like we wanted to change the online experience and how you choose and become empowered to choose your pleasure device. We're hyped on it. But I actually just think it I just really needed to get laid. <laughs> and so once I found once I found my lover, Harrison, yeah. I was like, I actually don't know if this is <laughs> what I need to do anymore. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember you talking about like female porn to like yeah. changing the industry oh, of yeah. like female directed like porn for women mm-hmm. uh you had lots of i was inspired. You were inspired i was eyes open eyes wide open inspired yeah. i remember meeting you at 33 acres like not knowing any of these things were going on and we just talked about like porn and sex toys for like an hour and you had just had a baby too yeah, yeah finn, finn was there <laughs> yeah that's right yeah yeah good times yeah you were holding him the whole time while you were talking about uh, yes that is so true yeah oh. i think I, I can find some photos Finn, yes yeah that's oh. so funny um but you know what was going on <laughs> in that time is that there was now becoming a mole or a like a a way to be a vancouver entrepreneur and that looked like opening more than one st- spot yeah. like ride cycle club was doing it yeah juice truck was doing it yeah kokomo was starting to do it yeah and and i just it was something that i was like oh this doesn't really feel right but it seems like this is the track this This is is what what i have have to do do. yeah Mm -hmm. and to make a really long story short i look back on that time and i use maybe it's a metaphor i don't know you're there you're the art student <laughs> i think it's a metaphor yeah um the house party mm. uh, metaphor which was that i thrived when i personally thrived when tight club was more of a um house party or sorry a dinner party right you know i knew everyone there it was well contained yeah. i could manage it but then the house, the dinner party became a, a house party. And then all like the word got out that it was this like awesome party. And I, and the party got out of control and I had to call the cops on the party. Mm. I had to kick everyone out. And that's kind of how I felt about what happened with the pandemic or thanks to the pandemic, I had to call the cops on my party. Mm. And I really, I realized that I wasn't, that great of a business owner i was a great party planner i was a great personal trainer community person but running a business alone it's two different things it's totally two different things and being creative and creating yeah it's hard to wear the hat of being a creator and balancing books and finance and Mm -hmm. all these things and luckily we could afford people to do those things but it was still like I still had to 
drive it. You were holding it all together. I had to hold it all together. And the stress of the pandemic and some other things that happened before the pandemic really was like starting to chop down this tree of like what I could personally manage, um, what I knew how to do. And my, I was kind of at my wits end. I was so burnt out, so burnt out. Um, that once the pandemic hit, I, it was almost a relief. Like I had this like sick, like twisted thought of like, I hope I never, uh, the world never opens up again. This is my out. Yeah. I, yeah. And I had also fallen in love. Yeah. Um, and my boyfriend at the time, Harrison was living, he's from California. And so I started to see like a place to go and an out. And, but then we like went online and it was awesome. Like Thai Club, we killed it. And it wasn't the same. I can't remember if we were talking about this once we went on air, but the digital Zoom phase chapter of Thai Club worked really well. But it just wasn't doing it for me personally. Um, And for others, it really did. Mm. And I never really took the time to mourn the space closing down. I just went straight into like that, putting that passion into online. Yeah, I was going to ask, was there like stress or panic or was it just action? Like being like, okay, this is happening. This is what I need to do. Like just do or were you like feeling the stress of change and like major pivots like what was it was everything yeah and no time to like stop and like just had to take go. a beat it was like action 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 and it was eventually action burnout yeah um and it yeah i mean Sometimes I talk about this and people are like, Katie, you're too hard on yourself. You didn't lose tight club, like the pandemic, you know? Yes, the pandemic happened. There, there were some things that I couldn't control, but ultimately I chose not to renew my lease and I chose myself. I don't think I could have kept on doing it mm-hmm. like in the way that I was. Yeah. And, um, and that wasn't the smartest, like financially the smartest idea. Like my lack of business skills really kicked in <laughs> during that time. But I had, it was the first time in my life I had to start doing what was right for me. And eventually I ended up getting married. And now I live in California. And remember that letter I wrote to my mom when I was like 12? I'm like fully living that now. That's so crazy. Except I'm the opposite of a dentist. I have no job. (laughs) 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 Looking for one really bad. (laughs) Um, But I needed to to do what was right for me at the time. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was going to lose all my hair and... Well, I think you followed like your intuition and what felt right in creating everything. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really brave extremely brave to continue to follow that feeling to know when Mm -hmm. something isn't right anymore because I think 
a lot of us just keep going because it's what we know. You mm. know, I think it takes yeah. so much bravery to decide. No, I'm going to. Yeah. Take yeah. a step in a different direction. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something for myself. It. I remember. You know. Six. Whether it was success stories or like I stopped being inspired by people who were you know, opening up their second location. Like, whereas before I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Like, that's that's a that's what an entrepreneur does. Yeah, more and, and more, I, more. every time I'd see that, I'd like get this feeling in the pit of my stomach that like, yes, of course it's scary, it's thrilling, it's hard, but it was like the sharper side of all those. It was anxiety, it was not, it was not good. It was not motivating me forward. Um, and I remember seeing, um, you know how there's memes that are like, I'm fine. I finally quit my nine to five and I'm living the dream on my own. And that can be really inspiring for a lot of people. But then I saw a meme that was like, I finally got a job and I work <laughs> nine to five and I have a boss telling me what to do yeah. and I have weekends off. And I remember reading that and this, it was the opposite of like, of a knife feeling it was like this warm reassuring like ooh, that sounds good to me um and and that's kind of what i've been working towards yeah okay so you you closed tight club (laughs) covid happened you moved to america moved to america with your your surfer snowboarding husband does Mm -hmm. he drive a truck uh yes that's what I was in your prophecy. It's right? my truck, though. It's your truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys have a truck. There you go. Yeah. So the prophecy comes true. Fulfilled. Yeah, fulfilled. She is the prophecy, and you're kind of building this this life in fitness in a different way. You've got Tight Club Online. Mm-hmm. You're supporting other fitness businesses, mm-hmm. and then just recently you have a, a pretty big health scare that kind of flips everything on its head and. Uh, we have another kind of what's next moment. Yeah. Well, um, so this has been a big year. I I kind of knew, I'll, I'll talk about the health scare in a sec, but I kind of knew that this was going to happen. I knew that at some point there would be an end. Yeah. And that I would have to get that job. Yeah. You know? Um, but I was afraid to give up. Like I was afraid and also like, I still love it. I still love teaching. I still love my online community, but at this point it just wasn't, I like, I can't make a living off of it in the way that I see myself living. It just wasn't financially going to happen anymore yet I was still riding it out. I was right. I was like going to ride and die with Mm. it. And I, it was like, I needed the universe to literally kick me in the head, Mm. (laughs) um, and force me to stop. And that came in the form of a stroke. (laughs) So wild. It's crazy. When you shared your story on Instagram, I was like, what the fuck? Katie's like, like, not to say that things can't happen to young, healthy people, because they obviously do, and we've yeah. seen a lot of that 
in the, in the past years, but I'm like, Katie's the fittest person that I know. She's so healthy. Like, <laughs> how does how does this happen? Yeah. Um. So you know, you're kind of having your workouts, living your life, and and just kind of maybe talk us through what happened. But like, um, the mental experience of like having this this experience where now you can't do what you've always done your how people see you how you see yourself might not be plausible anymore i'm like back in that identity crisis yeah. place yeah that i was in when i quit track yeah because i couldn't do it anymore yeah i'm there again it was like first off it was like exactly what you said what me i'm so young i'm so like you know i'm so hot like what <laughs> just kidding but not um but you know like i am why me how me it just doesn't make sense and also the brain is such a i mean obviously we're so connected to our brains but it's also this like really scary thing that anything associated to the brain it feels life or death right and I just found out on Wednesday, which was a a week ago, that where it is in my brain, like I finally, for the past two and a half months, I've been living with the fear that I could die at any moment, that this thing could bleed again if I coughed, you know, and, and not really knowing literally how bad it is because like, oh, it's my brain. Like that's, that's it. And I have, I feel so much better now knowing, yes, it's still my brain and yes, it's, it's a very serious place in your body, but what it is that I have, it's called a cavernous malformation. It is a cluster of blood vessels that form kind of like a blackberry form. It looks like a blackberry, um, the fruit and, uh, not, not the cell phone, not the cell phone. Um, and I was, pr- it's probably been there since I was born, Okay, but sometimes they burst okay and where is where it's located in my brain it's in like a the lower cerebellum and it's really deep and when it bled it causes it caused inflammation which messed up some fine motor skills and my balance and so but i'm thinking like you know if this thing bleeds again i'm dead Mm. like that's the fear that i've been living with these past few months I finally got the reassurance that it's like where it is is it's not going to affect your vital organs if it bleeds again the worst case scenario is like insane vertigo okay. like it it will affect my balance and coordination but I'll I'll still be okay I'll just feel drunk which might be kind of nice but not really actually <laughs> no, yeah, that, yeah. I mean that's such a wild uncertainty to have this yeah. happen yeah. and then be like what's going to happen tomorrow? Like how, how do you approach your day to day when you're feeling that vulnerable and fragile that you can cough and literally that could be, that could be it. That could be it. And, and not knowing. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's a wild thing to comprehend and it's really distracting too. Like I, yeah. How do you create when you're like, okay, like this could be. No, exactly. And I, I, I fantasized this like time off. Like I literally wasn't, I wasn't allowed to work out, surf, hike, everything 
that I like to do basically. Yeah. I can't really do. And so I fantasized that this would be an amazing time for me to get smart and like read some cool books and figure out what's next. And it literally hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. I'm like waiting for this aha moment. Yeah. And I'm putting a lot of pressure on it. And just recently I'm just like, Katie, chill out and watch another season of Virgin River. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's been like this like I'm I'm uh grieving this like productive um energetic empowered inspired version of myself because she's not here right now yeah she's just taking a break yeah yeah and i think that's that's probably a good way to look at it right and knowing you were living in this time of uncertainty being like what is it going to look like what is my new normal potentially Mm -hmm. and waiting for like that kind of messaging from the medical professional saying this is what we think is you know you can get back to the life that you had and maybe that's like the the forced rest that you needed where, oh, I should be productive. I should be learning more and doing more and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, you should probably just be like being mm-hmm. and not try to accomplish all of these things while you're still living with like all this uncertainty, right? Yeah. And then now it's like, okay, now what does the path look like getting back onto who will you be? Like this next chapter, this next iteration. I can't wait to find out. Yeah. <laughs> And I think like we were, we were talking before the pod about like not being inspired. There's this like pressure to be this tent, like 24 seven, go getter, always inspired. Check out this documentary. I watched this mm-hmm. book that I read, this thing that I did like to be this, to be inspired, but to also be inspiring. I think it's beautiful and necessary and inspiring to take pause and just mm-hmm. to be in a state of nothing and just mm-hmm. be like, I'm not going to be inspired. I'm not going to be inspiring. I'm just going to like uh, take a break, take a breath, mm-hmm. take pause. I think that's permission that so many people need. I think we, a lot of us hold the hockey stick too tight and yeah. it's so impossible to score the goal or to do the thing when we're like forcing something all the time when we just need to let go. Exactly. And I don't think that that's being talked about. Yeah really yeah like i feel like the messaging is always like now and now this and now i'm inspired to do this blah blah Mm -hmm. blah it's it's um it's a total mind fuck Mm -hmm. um but it's been about three weeks now i i don't have any symptoms anymore often i like forget it even happened which is a really nice place to be and I'm back in Vancouver for a few days and I have been like yesterday was my tour to Vancouver Mm. of like Vancouver entrepreneurs and I just really indulged in hanging out with them and like I'm inspired by them like what me I'm inspired is this something that I can do so it's in there Mm -hmm. and I think that for anyone who gets low about like today I'm not productive and tomorrow I or yesterday I wasn't either like it's going to be okay. I can't prove that, but I really do believe it. Mm -hmm. Give yourself grace. Yeah. Just. Yeah. And somebody told me recently that, cause I, I'm kind of back in this place where I, I live in a small town. 
I am not tight club Katie there. Like I'm not known for anything. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sharing this with someone and they were like, Katie, you don't need tight club to feel important or to feel special or for people to like you. Like it's about how you treat people. And that's why tight club worked because it was a place for me to treat people a certain way, I guess, Yeah, that made it a thing that made me feel good. And, and so I need to remember that. Yeah, that, the people will still like me even if I don't have a cool studio. That's not with, like club. Cool, that's cool you. playlists. I mean, everyone would just line <laughs> up. I, I remember, like after every class, there'd be like a queue of people just wanting to give you a hug. You know? Oh, I'd be like, wait my turn. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's beautiful and that's that's true in so many ways. Like, we don't know when inspiration will hit, but I think if you take pause and mm. just sit wherever you want to sit mm-hmm. you know watch watch 20 hours of tv or whatever mm-hmm. like inspiration <laughs> will hit at some point yeah and if you trust yourself you trust the universe like these things will happen more in a truer sense if we don't always force if we don't always push you know like uh let gravity do its thing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, I like that. <laughs> but yeah. you are, I mean, I'm curious about that too because, you know, we've been talking about identity and everyone knows you a certain way here. And not that it's like they know you for tight club. I think it's, they know how, like, like your friend was saying, how tight club makes people feel and how you make people feel. Mm-hmm. How does that feel being in, in the States having a different identity? Like, do you like having a, a more, um, like, uh, independence or like less pressure to be something or do you miss it? Or like, what does it like to be, have a different persona there than you do here? Well, I think it has given me the opportunity to manifest that magic into my relationships. Okay. Like friendships Mm. that like, and actually have a life outside of work work was life yeah everything i did was work and everything about my life was work yeah it's just all one big extension yeah you know if you're doing if you're going hiking you're bringing tight club with you if you're going to play skateboarding or whatever you know you're taking tight club with you like it was yeah life and work were very interchangeable and so i get to i get to manifest that into relationships and it's it's simple actually Mm. Um, I get to practice those those human acts of like being present and listening. Like if you think about what makes it a good trainer, a trainer a good trainer, it's someone who listens, someone who can provide guidance. It's it's like the building blocks to a good friend. And now I get to practice being a good friend, mm-hmm. not your trainer. I'm your friend first. Yeah. There's no transaction. Let's go business. surf. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to be a good surf partner, um, and a good partner, like a good, a good wife. I'm yeah. a wife. I love that. I'm yeah. a wife. There you go. There we go, Harrison. <laughs> Shout out so to Harrison. Good. Yeah, yeah. We like, didn't get your wedding story, but it's yeah. a good story too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just like those different moments of like we've gone through these different chapters, like recognizing 
there has been like these different versions. You're, you're the same person, but you're also a different person each time. And it's like rediscovering, letting go of old identities and old things and not because they're bad, mm-hmm. not because they didn't even like serve you well or couldn't still serve you well, but it's like that chapter is closed. And so how do you import and move forward the, those key aspects of yourself into like a new version, like you said. So it doesn't have to be for the sake of the business or for the sake of anything else other than just showing up authentically like for these people. I think that's like a beautiful version of who you are right now in Mm. this kind of current chapter. Hire me? Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, if you're listening to this, you'd you'd be like the best person to hire. You can do it all. You've had all Mm. the tricks. You're a Swiss army now. Mm. You know, sweating again. Building that, building that resume. You want community. You want connection. Boom. Yeah. You want smart marketing. Here All we the go. things. Good merch. Hire this woman. As as someone that's like followed and and been adjacent to your life for like like the last I don't know ten plus years now, I know that whatever you create, whatever form it's gonna be, whenever it happens, it's gonna be magic and 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 however whatever form that takes, whether it's big or small or big and small, I'm excited to, to continue to follow and cheer and, and uh, be a part of all of that, you know? What makes me feel, you know, optimistic about this all is that there's always going to be a cheering squad. Yeah. You got, you know, a, you got the, a big community behind you. It's like, it, it's very reassuring and I feel so lucky and thank you for being there for me when shit gets dark and is dark Mm -hmm. because there is this there's so much light that comes from you both of you and what you're doing Mm. thank you of course we'll we'll, we'll be here and just like thinking about the chapters you know you didn't know when you were listening to will smith that that would take you on a a chapter that would (laughs) kind of be a catalyst for all this and it might be you know who knows? It oh could my gosh, be um, I could get my internship at an MTV. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what will strike and what it will create. It could be a Will Smith song. It could be, you know, something you see in the ocean when you're surfing. <laughs> That's the song. That's the walkout song. When you Walk get, off song. Walk yeah. off song. Let's go. Perfection. Well, I think we covered some good chapters, and yeah. I, I know uh, you got people waiting for you. Oh, I'm going to a party now. Yeah, you got hey, a party. I got to go. kick you out to go to a party. But yeah. uh, uh, Dina, is there anything you want to bring up before you wrap it up? Oh man, I think it's just been so good to to connect to see you again and uh, to hear, yeah, like these these parts of the story. Some hilarious, some heavy, and like but ultimately hopeful being like, yeah, you don't have to be, have it all together to know that there's still more, there's still more to the journey. So excited to see how this next chapter unfolds for you. You, you know what song is in my head right now? What? Just from that, Sally up. Sally I'm sailing down. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, for some reason, I thought you were going to throw out a Limp Bizkit song. Oh, oh I man. Mean, always Limp Bizkit. You guys, I was just at, I know we're trying to like wrap this up, but I have one more story. That I was thinking about what? you when this was happening. Let's hear it. So, um, I was at a video premiere in Bend, Oregon okay. last weekend, yeah. and it's it, this video called Shorts and Shades, and it's this, it's like a party snowboard 
video. It's like spring skiing in Bend, mm. kind of a Bend cultural video. And one of like a big video part was to a Limp Biscuit song. Yes, which one? I have no idea. Oh, it, was just, it was just that. Like it yeah. was, it was like obscure and weird. It wasn't like Roland or Nookie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like an obscure one from like the chocolate covered starfish yes. album <laughs> that I know about. Oh yes. Um, and so I was just thinking about you because I know that we both may have liked Limp Biscuit. Oh yeah. Sure. You did. too. Oh yes. Dinner? Yeah. For sure. Put those headphones on. Go oh rip down God. the mountain. Hey, like a chump. Mm-hmm. Hey. Get ready. Get ready for basketball and soccer. I love Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. I listen to uh, Limp Biscuit. Kid dude, Rock. I had all and the albums. DMX. Those would be like my hype. My hype people. What we should do is probably um, link the playlist you made for us back in the day because it has oh my chock full of all of that. Uh, I gotta find that. That's so funny. I will find that for you. It's on the the Tight Club Spotify. Katie will. Um, you know, I think this is chapter one of podcasts that we'll do together. We'll have to do more. But is there is there anything, any other stories, any other words or anything you want to share before we put a put a bow on this convo? Nope. Do you want to, should we close it out like we have, we haven't done our closing question in a while. You want to close it out like we... Uh, yeah, sure, sure, let's, sure. Let's do it how we... Oh, wait, sorry. I just remembered something. Okay. I know what my 2024 motto is going to be. Okay, oh, let's, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's hear yeah. this. Okay. This will be, be our closer. Okay, yeah. So inspired by FUBAR. Yes. For those, uh, maybe the youngsters have no idea, but us oldies. Icon. Icon. The icon that is FUBAR. Um, 2024 is going to be all about turning down the suck and turning up the good. There we go. I think that's where Mike, we end this call. Mic drop. <laughs> Say one more time. Say one more time. Turn down the suck and turn up the good. All right. Thanks, Katie. I really hope that that was actually how it is. (laughs) Yes. I think it is. Manifest. Close enough. Manifest. (laughs) Write it in a letter to your mom. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks, Katie. We love you. Thank you. Love you guys. Oh, yay.